Paul and his companions engage in a difficult sea journey. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on today in our study of the book of Acts. Today, we're going to be looking at chapter 27, verses 1 through 12. But before we get into the text, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you once again for the opportunity that we have to pause and study your word. Lord, I pray that you would focus us mind, body, soul, and spirit on your word and on what you want to say to our hearts through your word. Father, we thank you for the witness of Scripture, and we pray that we would bring all that we are and have to the table as we uh, pause for this moment of study and reflection. Father, speak through your word as you're faithful to do, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, well, here's Acts chapter 27, verses 1 through 12. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy... They delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius, and embarking in a ship of Adramitum, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in at Sidon, And Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. And putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Sicilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra and Lycia. There the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Snidus. And as the wind did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Salomon. Coasting along with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, which was near the city of Lycia. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. Now, uh, Paul is beginning the process with those who are uh, in charge of him as it relates to his still being in the legal custody of the Roman Empire. And those who are dispatched with the task of getting Paul and these other associates uh, to Rome and those who are traveling with him, um, it is clear that as they make their way, they're beginning to encounter some difficult weather. Um, One of the things I enjoy about the first eight verses is the description Paul makes of the journey. Um, and this is obviously Luke recording 
these events, uh, but the journey itself, sort of the manifest of the journey. We sailed here and did this. We went here and encountered this and kind of a list of all of these different things. Um, And um, then finally we move into verses 9 through 12, and Paul has a sense within his spirit that danger is ahead of them if they continue on. So Paul is faithful to put that warning forward, and um, he's clear about what he expects will happen. And instead of listening to him or taking to heart what Paul is saying, those in charge, the centurion uh, who was accompanying Paul, paid more attention, as Luke notes, to the pilot and the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Um, Paul, being a person of discernment, a person who has a clear connection to the Lord, was receiving in the spiritual information from God that was helpful, uh, not just for Paul's sake, but for the sake of these others. And this information was ignored in favor of quote-unquote experts in the field who suggested pressing on, uh, hoping that they could reach, as Luke notes, Phoenix, which was a harbor in Crete, facing the southwest and northwest, that they might winter there. I think, my friends, what sticks out for me is that there are lots of moments where God speaks a word through uh, a messenger. Sometimes that person may be a close friend that we have close spiritual connection to. We have a history of knowing that their heart can be trusted. Sometimes that word will come to us through a third party uh, in a book we're reading or a podcast we're listening to or a a message that we're watching on YouTube or something like that. Um, Sometimes it comes directly into our spirit. And um, as believing people, we need to learn to trust uh, the Holy Spirit's uh, work within us when the Holy Spirit is impressing something upon our hearts, when the Holy Spirit is speaking a word through another, we need to trust that God will give us discernment about um, what is being said. Now, Paul was freely sharing um, this warning. Um, He understood that um, it was up to those in charge whether or not the warning that he was putting forth was taken seriously. It was clearly not taken seriously. Now, does it mean we don't speak um, out of discernment, even if we recognize that those that we'll be speaking to will likely not take the warning, not heed the advice? Um, I think it's a matter of faithfulness. It's a faithfulness issue. When the Spirit impresses on our hearts that we're to speak up about something, when we're to say something, whether people heed the warning or heed the instruction is beyond the scope of what God is calling us to do. And in this instance, Paul was faithful to put forth this word, recognizing that there was probably little likelihood that those who were in charge would take it seriously, and that is precisely what happened. And we'll catch up on what really does take place um, in this uh, adventure as they go out to see... um, with uh, the understanding that uh, trouble was coming their way um, 
and and I think there's another message in this. Sometimes we um, press into things after we've been warned or after there's some indication that it might not be God's best for us, that we stubbornly press into things when when we ought to tie our boat down and um, hunker down for winter uh, and wait and be patient and wait for more instruction and wait for that sense of um, peaceful guidance from the Lord, um, giving us uh, that confirmation in our spirits before we take action on something. So there's uh, there's a lot to be gleaned here as we unpack this passage. Um, I'm personally excited to refresh my memory about the story of this uh, sailing journey and um, all of the outcomes there. And I trust that we will see the very hand of God at work as we continue on in chapter 27. All right, my friends. Well, hey, thanks so much, as always, for taking time out of your day to study with us. We are on Good Friday. Uh, The year is 2021. And um, we know that um, what Jesus did for us was the clearest, purest um, example of love that has ever been given. (laughs) And uh, today we remember what our Lord has done for us. And then Sunday, we celebrate his victory, which seals uh, our victory uh, in eternity. So my friends, thanks and God bless you on this Good Friday. Take care.